0: Yeah, you need to you need to give them attention. You need to say, "Hey, what are you here for?" Let me get you to that page so we can convert you from being a site visitor into someone that has a relationship with me. You know, you so know, you need yeah. to you need to get you don't need to get their attention. They already came looking for you. They probably typed your name in a search engine and clicked on a link, or typed in your web address. You know, they found your web address through the traditional media, your radio, print, and TV. Now they're on your website. Now it's time to give them attention and to say what problems or issues do you have that I can solve for you
1: well that may of course that makes the the business uh, much more responsive it means that you have to turn out product that's that's not crap because lots of people will give it no stars at all and, exactly. and, and in the old days so-called old days in the old format I I'd, I'd, I'd advertise the only way I knew that people were, were listening is that they could when they call in they could mention my name to get a deal or I could get I I could get somebody to take a poll. It was, it was fairly useless and very expensive. Now, one of the nice things about social media is that, you know, I think, Scott, that things are going to tighten continuously for the next five years. We're going to have to learn to do more yep. with less. And one way to yep. do that is through a social media community. You know, if I want to know yep. how to get more out of product A, I can learn from you, the person who produced it, and also from the community, the interest community that's using that product. And that's got to be helpful.
0: Absolutely. Well, one thing that social media does is it turns us from being content consumers into content producers. Ah. We can actually have our audience generate some of the content. If you look at some of the Super Bowl ads that were created this year, yep. like the Doritos ad, that was actually shot by just John Q. Public. I mean, they had a contest, produce the best Doritos ad, and it'll be our Super Bowl ad.
1: Oh, really? I had, you know, I had no absolutely. idea.
0: Yeah, we. I've seen contests online. There's contests on every day online where they'll give companies will give you ten thousand dollars for the best two minute ad describing their product. So what that does is it not only gets some really high quality commercials coming in, sometimes not high quality, but you know you get these film students that are are hungry and they're creating this great content. But more importantly, they're telling you, Peter, what they think of your product, and they're using their language, so you can actually start filtering out some of the. Sp- the customer-centric keywords that people use to describe your product. Well, now that's what you can use on your website so that you can get found in the search engines.
1: Very smart. Very smart. Okay, Scott, uh, in our w- when we get together again, we're going to talk about the plans you have for Radio Frias in the social media uh, uh, market and and of course this will be of course instructive to the people listening who face some of the same challenges. So I can't I can't wait to to talk with you again. It's Scott Wild at wildinspired.com. He's our social media guru. Talk to you soon, Scott.
0: Looking forward to it. Thanks. Think your children are as innocent as a new puppy next door? Well, they know something you don't know. They know that their American forefathers took drugs. And you probably don't even know where your father is. <laughs> Dirty Franklin Films presents Ben Franklin, Hero for Huffhead.
1: I wanted the woods and the Indians to sleep with me, but I was afraid of the cold and made them sleep outside, so I never felt the touch of a warm, naked Indian or... or in a cold, naked forest.
0: Ben Franklin, the only President of the United States who was never President of the United States. Was he an early drug user? Let's see the truth. He wrote of it in Poor Dick's Conspiracy in 1761, while still an apprentice bookmaker in colonial Philadelphia.
1: So I betook me to the Hashfire Inn for a secret caucus of the hotheads, rebellious libertines all lusting for life and liberty. The real George Washington brought to him and all the evening papers. We prickly proceeded to get Sarah medals, and young Tom Efferson goodly stretched by the hemp, which smoked us all like Boston scrub. What a fetid fervor of freedom. I say, let's have a revolution! Say to Sam, the tax collector, to which Big Ben replied, Fine, Sam. Then we can invite over a bunch of immigrants and make
0: cars. Yes, 1761. Hemp. Kindle the fires of American history. <laughs> Nervy clockwork <films>. <laughs> history.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, BP is doing everything they can to contain this ecological disaster for which they are totally responsible. They're building a containment dome, a four-story, 70-ton structure that the company plans to lower into place over one of the three leaks to catch the escaping oil and allow it to be pumped to the surface. What about the other two leaks? Well, when the company tried to install a shutoff valve at the site of one of the leaks recently, they found that the seas were too rough, therefore delaying the effort. And heavy winds damaged miles of floating booms laid out in coastal waters to protect the shoreline from the spreading oil slick, which is drifting towards the Alabama and Florida coasts and the Chandelier Islands off Louisiana's southern tip. Recently, lawyers representing environmental groups, workers from the oil rig, and fishermen who've been hurt by the leak leveled fresh accusations against BP as well as Transocean and Halliburton. Hmm, Halliburton's back. BP leased the rig from Transocean. Halliburton was providing several services on the rig, including cementing, which is a method of sealing the well to control pressure from the oil and gas beneath. I mean, if there's a scandal, Halliburton's got to get in. At least one worker who was on the oil rig at the time of the explosion on April 20th and who handled company records for BP said the rig had been drilling deeper than the 22,000 feet, even though the company's federal permit allowed it to go only 18,000 to 20,000 feet. Hmm. BP strongly denied the claim that it was drilling deeper than was allowed. The allegation surrounding the permitted depth is factually incorrect, said Andrew Gowers, a BP spokesman. Mr. Gowers said that the rig was permitted to drill to 20,211 feet and it drilled to 18,360 feet. Well, We'll see where that goes. Another worker familiar with the rig told the lawyers that the company had chosen not to install a deep water valve that would have been placed about 200 feet under the sea floor. Much like blowout preventers, devices that are meant to seal leaks, this valve could have served as a cutoff of last resort in explosions. This is what the lawyer said. The company took their chances in not having the valves so they could save money, said Mike Paparatoni, one of the lawyers representing the shrimpers and fishermen. When workers released the last valves that were holding back the natural gas that had built up in the well, the gas shot up the pipe and sprayed into the drilling rig, igniting the fireball that caused the deaths of 11 workers, injured others, and sank the rig, this according to the lawyers. BP and Halliburton declined to comment on the accusations. Oh, ma'am. You know, this is just this is this this was a disaster waiting to happen. Why in the world are we drilling under the ocean offshore? How 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 many miles would each of us have to sacrifice? if we gave up the oil that came from offshore drilling, uh, how many lights would we have to turn off? Uh, How many electrical, I don't know, use a lot of electricity to make aluminum. How many lawn chairs would I have to give up to make up for all of that oil that they're pumping under the ocean? I got to ask myself that question. You know, we live, we live in the age of electricity. Oil, 80% of oil is not used to drive cars. It's used to produce electricity. So we're going to have to reduce our electrical needs if we're going to reduce our dependence on oil. Hmm, waiting for that electrician or someone like him.